Have you ever wished you had been taught how to study the Bible in depth? Because that is exactly what our partners, Chasing Sacred, are all about. Creating resources for studying the Bible that meet practical needs while also maintaining strong biblical literacy. The way they structure their studies are so purposeful, and they help readers understand the historical and cultural context, which is so important. They actually just came out with a new study on the book of Ephesians. You do not want to miss it. Just don't forget to put code abiding free for a 20% discount on any of their products. Click their link in our show notes and learn more about them at chasingsacred.com. Life can be messy and hard, but one of the things God has promised to give us is freedom. Freedom deep in our hearts that is not dependent on the ever-changing waves of circumstances, but set on the steadfast promises of God. This freedom gives us a secure identity, even with a broken past. It helps us have joy in parenting, even when we are completely exhausted. This freedom gives us love for our spouses, even when they are unlovable. And it can give us purpose in our careers, even if it's not the one we want. But I feel stuck sometimes, don't you? What does it really mean that Christ has set us free? That's why we're here. Welcome to the Abiding Free Podcast with Kristen and Shannon. We invite you to walk on this bumpy but beautiful journey toward freedom as we learn to abide in Him. Get ready for tears and laughter and everything in between. Because this podcast is about living from the truth that yes, it was for freedom that Christ has set you free. Hello, everyone. Kristen here. Thank you so much for joining me today. On behalf of Shannon and I, I just want to say how life-giving this podcast has been for us. We genuinely love and pray for you all out there. And we just hope that these episodes are a blessing to your life. And we just, again, thank you for being here. And today I want to talk about the topic of shame. And, you know, I admit whenever I typically write or talk about this topic, it's in the context of a negative sense of shame, right? Um, But as I have thought through scripture and sought to have a proper definition and understanding of it, I realized that we could actually, and what I've described as that there is a tale of two shames, almost a good and a bad shame. And I'm hesitant to always use those terms because there, they vary. Um, there could be nuances to that, but just stay with me as I explain through an illustration of where I think shame can take us to a healthy place, and it could take us to an unhealthy place depending on what happens through our process. And so, I wanted to share a story to start this off. So, I was my daughter was about two to three years old at this time. I can't remember exactly, but I had gotten in my car to um, go on some errands. You know, I'd put her in the in her car seat and got in the car, and we're going down this big hill, right, to run our errands. And it's a it's a decently you know fast. Um, I would think of the you know it's fifty miles per hour, and there weren't a lot of stoplights. So you can imagine you feel like you're kind of going quickly um, down this hill. Um, But all of a sudden, I look in the back seat and I notice that my daughter is not strapped in. I had forgotten to buckle her car seat. You guys, I mean, you know, if you're a parent or even if you're not just your love for any sort of child, like to look in the back seat and see that. And I did basically the worst thing 
you can imagine. And what, what is that? Well, I panicked and I slam on my brakes and my daughter like flies out of the car seat. She hits the back, um, seat, the, the back of the seat in front of her hits the middle console, falls to the ground on her face. And I am at this point just completely distraught and panicked. And I pull literally to the middle of the road, like like in the middle median, it was flattened. And I just put my emergency lights on. I jump out of my car and I run around to her um, you know, door, rip it open. And she's on her face, like on the ground. And I fortunately could hear her crying. So she wasn't knocked out, but I, I pull her up expecting like multiple injuries. And there was nothing except for a teeny little red bump on her head. It was miraculous <laughs> what I thought. Well, at that point, knowing that she was okay, um, then these like, in- like all this guilt and shame and condemnation just came like pouring in on me. I'm the worst mother in the world. And then as I'm hysterically crying, she's crying, I'm holding her. We're both shaking. I noticed at the top of the hill, there were lights. Yes, a police officer happened to be coming down the hill and he put his lights on when he saw me because I'm illegally in the middle of the road. So at this point, I'm thinking this could not get any worse. Now I'm going to be arrested when I have to tell him what happened. I'm going to be arrested. I'm going to be put in jail. And he pulls up behind me and he gets out of his car and he comes over to me. And in my my tears, I explain what happened, how terrible I felt. It was all my fault. And this policeman was so kind. He said to me, well, it looks like she's okay and you're okay. Thank goodness for that. And you know what? You didn't do it intentionally. We all make mistakes as parents and it doesn't make you a bad mother. And he said, this is what I'm going to do. He said, I'm going to get in my car. I'm going to stay behind you and protect you from the oncoming traffic. And then when you are ready, I will follow you as you go in your car to pull over to the side of the road. (laughs) It was unbelievable. Believable, you guys. And I'm going to go back to that story and some things that I reflected through that at, throughout this podcast episode. But out of it, I want to talk about two possible outcomes with shame because I was feeling a lot of shame right in that moment. And this shame could take me to God or it could take me inward to myself and to um, misplaced identities. Um, it's a shame that can lead to freedom. There's a shame that can lead to freedom through humble repentance when it is something intentional that we do, sin, um, and we could associate this with guilt. There is a healthy guilt I'm going to talk about, but another is a shame that can lead us to condemnation, unhealthy identity, as I mentioned, or even just a repeated pattern of sin. So I looked at the definition of shame on Wikipedia, right? This is just this is not uh, out of the Bible. This is literally what you know society would probably see as shame, though I think even society now has a lot of different definitions of shame. But shame, and you know, looked at look it up on you know the dictionary. It said it's a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. Okay, so just going off of this definition, I'm guessing we would all agree this feeling isn't always bad if we think about that, right? Again, it's a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. So let's just say I'm like yelling at my husband, right? He's done nothing and I'm just yelling and I'm throwing insults at him. Well, probably nobody would say 
feeling distress or humiliation at that is a bad thing if I did, right? I mean, probably most of us would be concerned if I didn't feel some sort of that. You know, in 1 Corinthians 15, 34, in the Bible, it says, come to your right hand and sin no more for some have knowledge of God. I say this to your shame. That's what Paul says. He's saying this to his shame, meaning he he wants there to be he, he's saying that the Lord wants us to have a guilt, some sort of shame attached to our sin, our intentional wrongdoing, right? Ezekiel 34.10 says that we should be ashamed of our sin. We should be ashamed of when we are, you know, not following God's word. And it's really, though, what we do with this feeling of shame that can determine whether we take it on as an identity or or as we use it as a path to restoration and healing. The feeling of shame can chain us or can lead us to freedom. So let me explain. So back to that day, you know, with the police officer, what I had done was not necessarily an intentional malicious sin, right? I It was just a mistake that I had made, but I still felt this incredible amount of shame, you know, and these, these thoughts of death like came into my brain, meaning it was like, I'm a terrible mother. I deserve what I got. My daughter is forever going to suffer from consequences of this, right? All these words in our mind, we may think they're going to motivate us to change. It's almost like we want to punish ourselves and think that, you know, if we just heap these, these words onto ourselves, it's going to make us want to change. But in reality, it often actually keeps a perpetuation of the very thing we don't want to do. You know, we can start living from a place of shame, right? It's what maybe we know as a self-fulfilling prophecy. And in other words, I'm a terrible mother, so I shouldn't expect much of myself. And I just want to insert something here that I see this a lot right now on social media. And I've done this, you guys, where, you know, we make jokes about being a terrible mother, right? We It's, it's almost funny to um, say these things like, oh, yeah, you know, I... I just threw them in front of the movies for four hours and, you know, whatever it is. And, you know, it is, there is a, there is something funny about it at times and there's a lot of grace there, but I just think we have to be even careful in that and the joking that under it, it's not this, again, a self-fulfilling prophecy. And we're creating this culture where, oh yeah, we're all terrible mothers. So it's okay. No, God can empower us in our even in our wretchedness and our sinfulness, right? Because we're a child of God first. He can empower us to be a a healthy, loving, you know, um kingdom-minded mother, right? Rather than taking on this identity of I'm a terrible mother and you know, I am therefore I do, right? It's a false identity rather than living from our true identity. And I want to say too, we take these identities on from others, right? So the shaming from others who might do something to us, they wound us or use words to describe us, you are this or that. And even if we haven't done anything, um, this is particularly difficult, I think, with those who faced emotional, verbal, sexual abuse. And I say this tenderly as someone who has face sexual abuse myself. And, you know, this is a podcast. I'm not going to get into all the details and layers of all that, but I do think there are some symptoms we can identify all together when we are taking on these misplaced identities, even from the worst of circumstances and things done to us. So on the flip side of all of this, we have times where we experience shame after our own sin as I mentioned before, as those those Bible verses that not necessarily what has been done to us, but what we think 
but what we have done, the wrongdoing we have done. And honestly, it's it's also becoming, I think, popular in our culture to almost push it away, right? With to push away shame that we have or guilt from the, from wrongdoing that we have. It's like, be yourself, you know, kind of let everybody else, you know, work around you. Don't judge others. Like you shouldn't, you know, and, um, I, I think those can be a way that we push or excuse away our sin, you know, and David talks about this in the Bible, King David and in, in the book of Psalms, he says, what happened when he did this, when he shoved down his sin and didn't identify it, didn't identify that guilt that was probably rightly placed there. It's, he said, when I kept silent, you know, he's talking about his sin. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as in the heat of summer. He's describing these very physical characteristics that I think we can have with this unhealthy shame and this also this rightly placed, you know, guilt shame from our own sin that God is even using in his love to wake us up to be, he wants us to be freed from our sin. He uses that guilt that we have when we have a wrongdoing, when we, when we do something we shouldn't have done, whether it's to someone else or between in our relationship with God, it's, it's in his grace. We can allow these, these hard feelings of disappointment, humiliation. We can allow those things to lead us to God, to repent and be healed. I love Romans 10, 11. It, it's a great verse. It says, for the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. When we believe in Jesus, that he took on that ultimate penalty for our sin of death, right? We can take on his righteousness and we can be forgiven and we can be healed and we no longer need to be need to take on that shame we are not put to shame we're not put into that identity of shame and you know so shame again it can come from things done to us it can be it can come from things that we didn't mean to do and that was the day that i was there driving down the road with my daughter but shame can also come from this sin that can also lead us to God. So let's talk about again, last, like to just go over these symptoms again is the unhealthy shame symptoms are condemnation, the believing lies of false identities. And these things can make us feel like they're motivating us to change, but it does not have lasting transformation. It can often just perpetuate these cycles. But this healthier version of shame, this guilt can produce, can produce conviction. So this will be in the notes because I think this is so key. It's this condemnation versus the healthy conviction because conviction can lead us to to God, right? And again, the emotions may look similar, but um, if we allow God's grace to enter in to help our conviction lead us to God, we can prevent these inward spirals that we have and taking on these false identities because freedom from the chains of shame comes when we believe again, that Jesus took on that, the penalty. I mean, I, I look back at that day with the police officer and I think a lot in metaphors. And so to me, you guys, wow, it was such a metaphor to me of what God does. So when I felt that shame that day, this is what God does. He wants to remind us of our identity. That police officer, he didn't he didn't want me to take on that identity, that false identity. I'm a terrible mother. He he rightly called out, "Yeah, you know what? We make mistakes as parents, but it doesn't make you a bad mother," right? 
God tells us in his word, yes, you, you are a wretched sinner, but you are a child of God saved by grace. God is constantly in his word, wanting to remind us again of our identity, our true identity. And then what that police officer did again, he protected me from the oncoming onslaught of traffic. And guys, I was reading in Genesis the other day. I was just blown again by this. I was like in tears, seriously. Even when Adam and Eve, like we could look at Adam and Eve, they intentionally sinned. Okay. What I did even was, you know, I think we can say probably was not intentional, right? I mean, we make mistakes all the time as parents. And I got really fortunate that it didn't cause significant harm. But Adam and Eve, again, they had shame put on them because of their intentional choosing to sin against God in the Garden of Eden when God told them not to take the fruit from that tree. It says that after they had done that, after God had shown them what they had done and talked to them about it, and they were banished from the garden, it says that he clothed them. He covered them. There's that picture there is that he was covering. I mean, I'm like in tears right now. He was covering their shame even when they had sinned. So this is the thing. He allowed the consequence of their sin, right? God, we, we, we have consequences from our sin, but he covered the shame of it. He covered the shame. And so, because again, freedom from the chains of shame, it comes when we believe that Jesus took on that penalty, right? God used Jesus to cover our shame. Those garments he put on Adam and Eve, that was that was a picture of Jesus's righteousness that God was going to cover, that we don't face this ultimate shame and death from our sin. So, you know, when I when I'm saying to myself, I'm a terrible mother. No, I'm a wretched sinner saved by grace right? I'm a, I'm a mother who makes significant mistakes, but in God's power, I can overcome. And not only that, even when we have shame from something done to us, right? As I mentioned, from the trauma, the wrong committed against us, he also died for that. He died so that we could reject those false identities and be adopted as his child. He died for the truth that no matter what happened has happened to me, no matter even if when it's not my fault, that's not my identity. And again, I say that so tenderly because even as someone myself who has endured sexual abuse, I want to say to you that I too can fall back into these false identities. And we were, I'm not going into a lot of detail here, but I just want to say that so many others that have endured significant you know, shaming upon them have been healed through God's word, but also professional help and counseling, a biblical and loving community, and so many other tools. And if you need help finding tools or resources for that beyond this podcast, I would we would love to help you with that. So please reach out to us because this is a thing. We want freedom through health through healthy guilt and shame, but we want freedom from unhealthy condemning shame. Lastly, I just want to mention, this is going to be in the show notes. There's an amazing article um, on Desiring God, and it's called Battling the Unbelief of Misplaced Shame. And so he talks about these two shames. I'm calling it two shames as well, but he describes them as one is misplaced shame and one is well-placed shame. It's a great, great article. So in closing, I just want to leave us with a reminder again that whatever we feel shame about, we can look to the one who can restore, redeem, rebuild and replace that shame with freedom. Thank you so much for joining me today on Abiding Free. 
Thank you so much for joining us today. If you have a second, please share this episode with someone you love. Also, if you could scroll down and rate our podcast and follow us on social media at Abiding Free, this will help us reach more with the message of freedom. Yeah, and then just be sure to join us next week for another episode and know we love and are praying for you. 